This week's Cloudcast is brought to you by Momentum SI. Whether you want to migrate applications to the cloud, transform to enable DevOps, gain insight from big data, or accelerate your agile development, Momentum SI's strategy, consulting, and hands-on expertise can help you get there faster and with greater success. Check them out at MomentumSI.com. And now, on to the show. Cloudcast Media presents, from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to the Cloudcast, coming to you live once again from Raleigh, North Carolina. Summer is officially over, the kids are back at school, and we thought it might be a good time to have our annual or semi-annual State of the Podcast show. So, Aaron, are you ready to go? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the conference season has started. Uh, VMworld was last week, and you know it shows from now till I don't know, December it seems like, and yeah, kids are back in school, and weather's finally getting a little bit Football cooler season. here. Football has started. It's a good good times right now. Yeah. So it was funny. You and I were talking before the show, and we were like, "How you been?" And I, I think the one thing that was it was kind of uh, interesting last week because you and I were together at VMworld was we never get together. Like everybody assumes that you know we both live in Raleigh. <laughs> like we're just hanging out all the time and doing stuff and you know crocheting and doing like we never see each other ever. So like last week was probably the most we've hung out in months. Yep. Yep. Without a doubt. All right. So hey, let's do some housekeeping. Uh, what's okay. first on the list, man? All right, so uh, this is show 160. Um, we did show 100, our 100th anniversary last year at VMworld. So we've done 60 shows in the last 52 weeks, which, what the hell is wrong with it? Like, we're not that ambitious. Why, are yeah. we do, why have we done so many shows? We need to start sandbagging. <laughs> I, I'm a little worried, though. I do get some stuff from people that go, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm just finally catching up. So I feel like we, we only do one a week, but maybe we got, we, we got overloaded. I think part of it was, like, we would do 10 at some of these shows. So we're not going to do shows at shows anymore, right? We sort of decided that's a pain in the butt because trying to haul a Yeti through the airport is a pain in the butt and the quality of the sound sucks. And so hopefully everybody's okay with that, but we're not going to do shows at shows anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I would say, you know, everyone give us some feedback on that, but it, it was very much people kind of, it was easy to do. Um, cause people were all in one place, but at the end of the day, I think the sound quality was a little sketchy. Scheduling was a little sketchy and I don't know, it, it really kind of felt good to go to VMworld and not take a bunch of gear and just kind of go, Hey, we'll catch up with you later. And so we, we've actually got a great pipeline of shows coming up, like a pretty incredible pipeline over the next couple of weeks. And it was all about, based from, from VMworld. So we're trying something new here. Yep. So definitely everyone that everyone out there, let us know what you think about it. Yeah, we are trying to make the sound quality better. That is one of the feedback we get from people all the time is your, your quality of the audio sucks. So we're trying, yeah. to, trying to fix that, but... Uh, we so often, yeah, it's like, you, you guys are a bunch of friggin' rookies. It, it Make your sound better. So, you know, we yeah. both got better headsets. Um, we're going to be improving kind of the the sound of kind of the intros and the sponsors and all of that uh, probably over the next couple of weeks as well. So, so we, we heard you and, and, you know, out there and, and we're definitely trying to improve and make this a little better. And, and so, you know, stick with us a little longer. Yes. We promise we'll get better. <laughs> the, the audio quality may be better. We can't promise that we will be any better, but the right. Audio the show will be still better. be terrible. It'll just sound better while you're, while you're listening to it. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> We have gotten some some very good feedback though from people, which is which has been nice. So we, we you know what was it about two or three months ago, three or four months ago, we sort of decided 
No, actually, I think it was all the way back in April. We decided we were going to kind of pivot the show and, and move away from talking about cloudy cloud stuff and try and get more into, you know, more, you know, go another year or so ahead and talk about software development and software defined stuff and DevOps. And we were a little worried about it because we were kind of like, okay, that's, that's an uncomfortable area for us because we're trying to figure it out. But the feedback from people has been really good, which has been nice. So, so for a bunch of years, we got no feedback and now we're getting feedback from people, which is kind of nice. And so uh, not to sort of, you know, pat ourselves on the back, but it's a, it's nice to get feedback from people. Um, <laughs> yep. And B, um, I, people seem to like uh, the stuff that we're going after, which is good because I think we're back in learning mode, which maybe is what the problem was with the show for you know a little while there is it got too comfortable. And so yep. now we're getting into uncomfortable again, which uh, is fun for us. And I, you know, people, I guess, seem to sort of like that. So that's, that's good. Uh, yeah. So thank you for the feedback. And again, if you want to give us, you know, good, bad or indifferent feedback is always welcome. Yeah, and it, it, it's nice to, again, get outside of your comfort zone, um, which to this day, you know, I don't know if it sounds that way when we actually, you know, when you go back and listen to the episode, but the, the do you remember the very first Open Shift Paths podcast we did with um, Isaac? I think it was Isaac. What was his name? We'd have to go back and look it up. Guy from Red Hat. Back when, yeah. Back when, well, and I still think it's the case, and we like the folks from Red Hat, but Red Hat has been, I think, the only company we've ever had on the show who is a large company who would not under any circumstance retweet the show. So I right. think they hate us. And I don't know why, because we're here in Raleigh and we kind of always pump Raleigh, but Red Hat doesn't like us. But yeah, we that show, that was the one show where... The you guy, could tell we had no clue and he was just like, you guys are a bunch of idiots. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like, why am I here? <laughs> so I, I think we're better in the fact that we're outside of our comfort zone, but we can actually hopefully not sound like idiots. But I don't know, maybe we do. I'm not. So... Um, so anyway, so so the other kind of interesting thing out of, about the feedback, and I don't want to drop any names, but especially last week, we had a bunch of people that we would typically approach and be like, um, hey, how are you? You know, like people that we, we think are like super smart and big deals in the industry who randomly were like, oh, yeah, I listen to your show a lot or occasionally. And we were like, really? Why? Yeah. And it wasn't like Lou Tucker where he says he listens to it for a laugh. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Which we appreciate that too. We appreciate Lou getting the comedy out of the show. But yeah, no, there was some, there was some folks that that said they liked the show, and the nice part is they said they're going to come on the show at some point. So, um, so there will be some um, guests that uh, are way out of our league, but hopefully you guys enjoy them here in the next uh, few weeks. So that's kind of a nice side benefit of us changing the show. Yep. So let's get into let's get into. Uh, Done with housekeeping. Uh, the bathrooms are to the left. Fire extinguishers are to the right. Um, let's talk about what's going on in the industry. People so, are still confused. I know that much. Yeah, that's the weird thing. So <laughs> you talked about show season. You know, like, you know, you still are involved with some of the open source stuff because you're dealing with CloudStack and OpenStack. I went. I was at OzCon, and then you go to Open or you go to VMworld, and it's. What's weird to me is that they used to be so different. They used to be like the difference between going to like, you know, Burning Man and going to like a church revival, right? They were just different worlds. And now there's this weird kind of cross mingling of them, but I feel like people are still confused. Yeah. Like the the very first time I went to OpenStack Summit, you, you knew a couple of people. Yeah. But it, it very much was the OpenStack crowd and then the kind of virtualization crowd that you would typically see at VMworld and the like. And now, yeah, there's this huge crossover of people. 
Um, mainly folks that, you know, you don't see many from the OpenStack community necessarily going to VMworld, but you see uh, you see a lot of VMware and virtualization folks going over into the cloud space and going over into the open source space. And so it is it is kind of weird to see this migration over time. Um, and it is definitely kind of a changing of the landscapes w- with, without a doubt. And it's kind of where the industry is going. But what I fear is... It, it, at times, it's just a lot of people looking for the next fun and cool thing, and that's you know we get that. Okay. That's what's good. That's what we do. But then there's the from a customer point of view of, I want free VMware. Yeah. <laughs> and there is there's a lot of that. There's and that. it's like you just want to hit your head on the desk. It's like oh. So God. it's so we we've, we've been we've been talking about this for a while. Like I don't I don't know you know I I always forget because we typically record the show really late at night. We've had a couple of drinks. In most times, we forget what we talked about the night before. So remembering what we've talked about months in advance or before, like, but but I know at some point, whether it was on the show or off the show, like you and I have have sort of had this conversation over and over. Where we go, I really feel like we're going to have this split in IT, right? Where you're going to have the sort of modern DevOpsy stuff, the the stuff that's like, you know, I want to go fast, I want to build modern applications, I'm going to do stuff that's sort of the digital side of my business. And then there's going to be traditional IT, right? And we've had a lot of folks who've told us, no, you guys are crazy. You can't have, you know, bifurcation and all this stuff. And then Lydia Leung, who, uh, you know, is over at Gartner. And even though she's at Gartner and folks don't always love Gartner, she's one of the real smart ones over there. She starts calling it bimodal IT. Like, I, I kind of feel like maybe this is going to have some legs, especially when you have VMware announcing an OpenStack distribution, huh? And, right. Docker, and Docker integration, huh? right? And Kubernetes, what? Right. Which yeah, the, totally, the Kubernetes one shocked the me. The whole room just went quiet, and they went, "Pat, please stop speaking Greek. We have no idea what the hell you're talking about." But <laughs> I feel like maybe that's we're going to see this sort of split within, and it won't be. I don't know that I would call it bimodal IT because that assumes that IT is going to figure out the new stuff. But maybe this is sort of a, a reality of what's going to happen. Well, and yeah, it, you know, you and I have long had this idea of uh, it, it's not a transition of applications and workloads from one to the other. You don't, you know, pick up your traditional applications and dump them into new technologies. Typically, it is more of a starve the old, grow the new, which completely fits in this model. We never called it bimodal IT, but but we've kind of always said all, all along that you're going to starve the old, build the new. Um, and I think this is, it's, it is coming to fruition without a doubt. And it's all workload based. Um, it is not taking the exact same workloads and just updating the technology because most large companies today, they, they don't give a crap about that. They're, they're not, you know, updating their technology because it's cool or, you know, whatever. It's, you know, it's because it's old. It's time to be retired and they're going to ride it into the ground as long as they can um, before they actually have to make that jump. That's why, and that's a lot of the reason why I think cloud computing has taken a lot longer to shift in the industry is traditional applications and, and inertia, if you will, of just sitting there and doing the same thing, you know, the status quo. Yeah, that's always the biggest, the biggest holdback is people and process and people wanting to do things differently or unwillingness to do things differently. And uh, so here's here's a here's a little slightly different theory on this though that I was thinking about. Did did VMware kind of throw a monkey wrench in this? Because one of the things that always happens with VMware whenever they announce sort of kind of the moderny stuff, so they have a tendency to kind of go, 
yeah, new stuff. Well, throw it in a VM or, you know, we, right. you know, we're going to call virtualization cloud or whatever. Are the, are they going to slow a whole bunch of this stuff down? Because, you know, it's one thing to have, I don't know, 2000 people show up at OpenStack summit or 500 people show up at DockerCon. I mean, when you have 25,000 people show up at VMworld and then people that watch at home, like that's a lot of IT people who are now going to go, Oh, you know, like OpenStack and Docker and those yeah. things like VMware's got me covered. I'm not going to worry about that. Like they're going to figure it out. And it, does that slow a bunch of the stuff down and sort of, I mean, is that their purpose a, and then B will, will this slow a bunch of stuff down because it people will go, no, 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 that that's going to come from those guys, not yeah. the, the new stuff. Well, there's, there's two sides of this coin. There's the, yes, you know, it will, it, it will slow down the cutting edge very, you know, uh, this is the way I think about, you know, OpenStack or this is the way I think about Docker. Or the, and a lot of times that's very different from the VMware thinking of things. And so there's possibly slowing down and throwing a monkey wrench in. And then the flip side of that, though, is, well, maybe – that way is good enough and it's not, you know, I'm only a little outside of my comfort zone instead of completely outside of my comfort zone. And it's more evolution versus revolution kind of, kind of look at it. And so, you know, the, the short answer is I don't know, but I can see it. I can see it actually falling both ways. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's going to be an interesting thing to sort of watch. All right. I don't even want to touch this next topic because I got killed killed on it yesterday on Twitter for making (laughs) What I thought was just a random thing, but let, let you touch it. You start. You put your so, foot, you put your foot on the third rail. Let's yeah. So that okay. We we so we we kind of broke this down. And like, hey, let's talk about private cloud. Let's talk about public cloud. Um, on the private cloud front, um, you know, the biggest thing we've we've spent the last couple of years talking about is OpenStack and CloudStack and. CloudStack, I mean, you know, again, everyone that knows my background knows, you know, I worked for Citrix actually working on on Citrix Cloud Platform, which is their distribution of CloudStack, Apache CloudStack. And there were some changes this week at Citrix. Um, A lot of the leadership and a lot of the Cloud.com founders uh, actually left Citrix. Um, And uh, you put something out on Twitter kind of asking about the health of it, and you got dogpiled, dude. Um. <laughs> well, I, I, I thought I, I thought I asked a fair question because, right there is, you know, CloudStack is a weird beast because, it, you know, it's it's kind of the poster child for um, a commercial company. So Citrix bought another company that at the time, you know, made a, a pretty good cloud management platform. So CloudStack, you know, originally was sort of like, well, we're kind of sort of open source, but we're not driving that. We're a you know we're a commercial entity. We're trying to make money. They buy it. They you know, give it to the Apache Foundation, or at least a flavor of it to the Apache Foundation, and then they try and keep selling their own commercial distro of it. I, you know, we, we've talked to, you know, folks like Mark Hinkle and the guys who work in the foundation, like, it's doing really well. Like, there's tons of service providers who use Apache CloudStack for various things. And then, but like you said, you know, Citrix, uh, as a company, you know, all of their founders just left, and that might just be simply, it's been two or three years, they cashed out. Um, but you don't hear about Citrix CloudStack. You hear about Apache CloudStack. And so my only question was just like, well, does does this mean, you know, is the Apache CloudStack going to have problems too? Because the trick is, um, you know, to be dealing with that in open source is somebody still has to fund those people to write code. 
And yep. when the when the big money company like Citrix or, you know, in the case of OpenStack, it's Rackspace or HPE or Red Hat or whatever, if they were to pull up stake, yes, the code still exists, but somebody still has to pay those salaries and pay for the parties right. and that stuff. And yeah. so that, that was my question. It was just like, you know, what's going on with the Apache side of it? I don't care about the Citrix side of it. Yeah. Well, and, and so, you know, the insider point of view is, uh, you know, I, I have two main points with this. Um, number one on the, you know, CloudStack versus Citrix. Um, CloudStack was, was different from OpenStack, and I'm going to sound like I'm knocking OpenStack for a second, um, but it, it was different in the fact that it was pretty turnkey and the open source version was good enough. Like a lot of people just went and downloaded Apache Cloud Stack, got it going, it worked. And they didn't necessarily see the value proposition in going and paying Citrix for the exact same thing. Like it was actually almost too effective at times. Yeah. And and then the the and then the other part of it actually uh Blue Box Jesse, Jesse Proudman put on Twitter, uh, it was like yesterday or the day before, um, he just simply put, um, you know, CloudStack and then something like the effect of, like, ecosystems matter. Yeah. And and I completely agree because the, the number one thing that, that happened with CloudStack is, you know, they built it and no one came. It was the, <laughs> it was the exact opposite of Field of Dreams, right? Well, and... It, it, but it does, it does sort of get to your point of... You know, one of the interesting things, so like if we compare it to, I don't know, some of the other projects like a Docker, and we'll get into this later on, like it, it started with something, right? It was a sort of sort of small kernel of something, not kernel in the Linux sense, but just a, you know, a, a piece of something. And it's given people a ton of freedom to go build new stuff. And engineers, by definition, like problems, right? They don't necessarily like to go, oh, it's the same crap. I'm just not doing anything or I'm adding, you know, they, they want big problems, they want to go solve problems, they want to add on stuff. And the, the trick with CloudStack was like, when it got dropped in the Apache Foundation, it was it, it was a lot of code that did a lot of stuff. And it's like you said, it just kind of worked, right? So where you could add things wasn't necessarily going to bring crap loads of developers maybe. Plus, right. the, you know, plus I think they made the mistake of not going out and picking a fight with anybody. I mean, that's, think about, think about OpenStack. The reason OpenStack has so much backing is because everybody on the OpenStack Foundation hates VMware. <laughs> at, 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 the, at the core right. of it, that's why they all got involved. They either hated AWS or they hated VMware. And when you don't like somebody in our industry, you'll put money behind trying to do it. And CloudStack, you know, great guys. And so, but they just said, hey, like, hey, we're just building clouds. And it was like, right. oh, okay, well, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, uh, I, all indications are Citrix Cloud Platform will continue. The Citrix Cloud Group will continue. Apache Cloud Stack will will definitely continue. Um, it's just a matter of at what pace and what is the future from here. I don't know that anyone knows. It's not going away no. by any means. No, no, no. Uh, it's good stuff. I mean, it works. It's you know, I mean, if anybody wanted to say, hey, it's free free VMware, like the Cloud Stack guy should say that. Right, exactly. Right. So exactly. I, I think I've probably pissed them off more than I did before. It was never my intention. <laughs> yeah. I like marking those guys. Uh, we're, we're we're officially the uh, the the guys on the Muppets, the Statler and Waldorf yeah, of yeah, cloud yeah. of cloud computing. So, so <laughs> we there, just sit in the box and make fun of everybody. So you're going to you're going to OpenStack Summit in Paris. Um, yes. Is there anything that like really excites you that's not related to your company about what's going to be announced at OpenStack Summit? <sighs> Not that I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> 
No. Um, you know, the, the biggest thing I'm seeing, quite frankly, is there is definitely a movement towards finally making OpenStack much more turnkey, much more standard up. You know, you always hear over and over, it's not a science project, you don't need PhDs. Like, it is becoming more productized. Um, And yeah, you know, people are going to, the OpenStack purists are going to stand up and jump up and down and go, well, that's not what it's designed to do, and it's not that way, it's not really blah, blah. And it's like, fine, whatever. that's what the enterprise is looking for or what most people that aren't service providers are looking for is a product that is very easy to stand up, very easy to upgrade, very easy to operate. I look forward to that more than I look forward to any kind of new features. Yeah, I, 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 I'm kind of in the same boat. I think uh, we've reached a stage now, whether it's the new VMware integrated OpenStack or you know things like what, what – you know, Blue Box just announced, which is this sort of like uh, open system uh, OEM of their kind of turnkey offering, or it's you know whatever. Like I think that's it. And then I think the other one is going to be um, if you're not doing that, um, you know, who's going to get bought and who's going to get acquired and who's going to kind of uh, you know get merged in together? Because it, it's it's one thing to sort of be like, hey, you know, what will some of these big companies do if they you know need to own run one? But the other thing to me that's kind of fun is um, you could never put certain of these small companies together in the same place because the personalities are, right. are, <laughs> are uh, let's yeah. just say, diverse and interesting. And I don't know yeah. that they would meld well together. But, uh, well, and, and you know, we've long said on the show um, there is a consolidation in the OpenStack side coming. And, you know, we're probably about halfway there because there was the OpenStack Summit and then there was a bunch of acquisitions right Red, after well, that. Red Hat bought a bunch. And now right. it's a question of will they keep buying or will somebody else buy? Right, exactly, um, exactly. So, okay, cool. Let's get let's stop talking about about private cloud. Okay, so, public cloud. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Google Compute has a big um, event coming up, which is uh, you know by no coincidence the week before AWS reInvent, which uh, means honestly which, I didn't even know that. I didn't really either. Someone someone last week told me about it, which uh, means uh, probably a couple of things. Um, they they're going to they're going to try and pre-announce everything that well, AWS was yeah, going to. They're going to pre-announce it. They're going to they're going to they're going to lower prices. So we're going to have yet another price, which we would have had price drops anyways, because it's been a year. Um, so we will have uh, some more price things. Everybody will talk about it going to zero. Um, but it's it, you know I don't know. It's it's um, Amazon is very much trying to become sort of an enterprisey company and people are questioning if they're going fast enough yet i mean they their latest announcements were basically you know a vdi uh, end user computing offering and a you know file sharing thing and so they're they're doing exactly what simon wardley said they would do which is they find the interesting features and they pick them off and turn them into their own products right um and then you know google is kind of trying to catch up to their other features and they're playing games with them about you know pricing and other stuff yeah. So here's the thing I worry about with Amazon. I worry that Amazon is going to kind of, I wouldn't say ruin itself, but certainly slow itself down in trying to embrace the enterprise and and in trying to be something it's not. Um, and what I mean by that is is because you know Amazon AWS has gone so fast with all these features and all these you know introducing just 
you know the the new services and and but at the end of the day they were all designed around running applications and workloads kind of like the web scale Netflix way if you will I mean it's no coincidence that Netflix was their poster child for so long right and that in order to really embrace these new workloads they have to really make a lot of changes and it, almost quite frankly they're playing right into Azure's court <laughs> by well, doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think, I think <laughs> right, I, like they're they're almost like they're almost trying to be something they're not, and I and that honestly worries me. It, there is a there is definitely a weird um, sort of like uh, pre teenager kind of thing going on with with AWS because um, I mean everybody knows they want to get in the enterprise. That's that's where the biggest chunk of money is in terms of just IT spending. You know it's. Uh, you know, several uh, trillion dollars, not billion dollars. And um, so everybody wants a chunk of the enterprise in some way, shape or form. And, and it's and it's interesting because like they'll they'll announce stuff and you'll ask them questions about it. So like I was at AWS Summit and, you know, they were talking about Zocalo, the file sharing thing. And you and you ask their product managers questions and they go, I can't talk about that. And you go, well, is it on the roadmap, which is a very typical enterprise-y kind of question to mm-hmm. ask because I want to know, because you know what they don't really understand is like they're not just investing in your technology; they're investing in your company. And are you going to be around for a long time, or can I plan right. out the roadmap? And um, yep. can I use that to you know price against my other competitors that I? And they kind of go, well, I can't talk about that. Yeah. And I think what's going to be interesting is, you know, Apple's done that forever. They just go, look, our roadmap is whatever the heck we want to make up. And you know, iPhones and and iPads have gotten adopted into the enterprise without people necessarily knowing what's going on. But you know they've had to force a bunch of enterprise features in. It'll be interesting to see if Amazon can get away with this because, you know, like we've said, the the enterprise mindset, the IT mindset, even just the regular mindset is, I I, I want to know what I'm getting now, and I want to know what I'm getting over the next 12 to 18 to 24 months. And it'll be interesting to see do they put it out there? Does it leak like everybody else's roadmaps? Does it? You know, do they have to slow down and do a bunch of boring, not fun, enterprisey kind of stuff that makes a lot of money, or do they keep kind of just going? Every enterprise looks to look like to look like a web company and Airbnb and blah blah blah. Right, exactly. So I don't know. And then you got new folks like I mean, DigitalOcean, right? Yeah. Uh, our, our good friend and friend of the show, Mark, uh, went over there recently, and and. You know, you've got so you've got new players, and then you've got people like Rackspace too. Where you know is Rackspace on life support? <laughs> Quite frankly, um, I don't know. Public cloud is an interesting beast right now. It's a it's an interesting beast because there's there's a chunk of it that's just purely economics and scale, right? The old yeah. you know Google and and Amazon spend a billion dollars per quarter or per half year, and can anybody compete? in that space, right? Right. But I think what's what's going to be interesting, and I think DigitalOcean is kind of, is sort of proving this theory a little bit, is you can carve out chunks, right? So, you know, how fragmented can that market, sort of public cloud market get? And fragment's probably not the right word because that, that tends to imply that it's lots of little splinters. But like, there are people who want the economics of public cloud in terms of, I don't want to own my data centers, but they want it super secure or yep. in DigitalOcean's case, they want it really, really fast or they want it, you know, in certain countries or they want it, whatever that that's, that's feels like the next frontier. And it'll be interesting. Can an Amazon or Azure or, or Google figure out those fragments or 
is there space for a bunch of you know digital ocean you know type players yeah and the the last bit on this and then we'll move on to the next topic is the other thing too that I think is finally starting to catch on, um, and it was so funny too because like I feel like oh, I'm like oh I knew this forever, but actually I didn't know this forever. Is you know quite frankly Matt Ellis at Cloudability educated us again having smart friends on the podcast. Um, <clears throat> if you're kind of new to the show, go back and listen to the last time we had Matt Ellis on. I want to say it was in February or March of this year. Um, Talking about it when it comes to public cloud specifically of thinking about the financial models entirely different of breaking it down to a cloud unit cost. You know, what is a cost per transaction? What is a cost per user? What is a cost per API call? Whatever your 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 thing in quotes that you care about when it comes to your expenses and, and actually getting your services out the door, break it down into a per unit cost. And, and, and that is how, in my mind, public cloud differentiates itself going forward is this concept of cloud unit cost. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and, you know, guys like Matt who do nothing but cost out clouds are going to be in an interesting position because they really, really understand the model. Yeah. And, uh, so, um, okay. So we've, 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 we've just done about 15 or 18 minutes on cloudy stuff, which we said we were going to get away from. So let's get away from that. <laughs> um, so we've talked about this a little bit behind the scenes. So there's a bunch of open source projects that are getting funding, right? So before we talked about CloudStack as a variation of cloud.com, but take something like Docker, right? So Docker started as .cloud um, is a great example of too many features, let's narrow it down to one feature, becomes Docker. Uh, they spin up Docker as a company. Hundreds of flowers bloom, if you will. Lots of projects spin off of Docker. And then for some reason, um, even though all these projects are spinning off of it, every variation of Ocker, Fokker, Docker, Clocker, whatever, <laughs> like, all of which we'll probably right. have on the show at some point, yes. um, somebody decided to give them like $40 million in funding at a $400 million valuation. And it bears the question, like, who would buy Docker? Why would you buy Docker? Or, or you know, and this is just an example. This isn't a, a you know requiem on Docker, but like any huge open source project like that, why would you buy that? Especially when there's all these smart people that already understand how it works. Yeah, and so I feel like again, uh, you know, we need to have Mark Hinkle in the show to give him his equal time. Yeah. Um. <laughs> no, we, and again, we weren't bashing their stuff. No, and and it, no, it's it's funny because uh, you know Mark Mark is definitely an open source guy, and actually he's been on our list along with uh, uh you know a couple other folks to to have on the show to really talk through how do you make money in open source you know beyond and above if you're Red Hat, um because I think it's something a lot of people are struggling with. Yeah, sure, there there's a valuation there, but. But there's only a small pool of potential buyers, um, and so unless all of these companies plan on you know IPO, and if they IPO, they're going to have to you know show some kind of money on the back end to return back to the the investors. You know, like I don't I, I I'm just struggling with you know I know the open source model of you know that you know kind of t working everyone through a funnel and you you start out at free at the top of the funnel and you get paying people at the bottom of the funnel I get all that I do um but I don't know that I I see the funnel generating this kind of revenue yeah it is probably well, my biggest I, thing I, I think I think you know and we we probably mistakenly look at it from a certain lens because we've we've spent a 
We're we're the we're the evil vendors that yeah, well, you know, we, we, we focus on it, making money. Yeah, well, you look, you look <laughs> at it. Well, no, you look at it through the lens of people that have have operated in this this previous supply chain, which was like, um, you know, vendor vendor did the R and D. They put up the money for the R and D. They did the R and D. They drove it to market. It went through a distributor. It went through a channel. Then it went to the customer. And then they, the, you know, the vendor in a lot of cases did the support and so forth. So, you know, anytime, you know, anybody puts a lot of the money up, they tend to take the most risk, but they tend to want the most kind of reward out of it, right? That's that's kind of how the economics of the old supply chain worked. And now you go, okay, um, people are making a bunch of money in consulting around open source, right? So, you know, like Momentum SI, who's one of our sponsors and, you know, not trying to plug a lot of people, but like they do a lot of stuff around open source because it's confusing, Right. Yeah. Or, you know, there's a, there's a ton of people that do that kind of stuff. There are companies like these public cloud companies and, you know, we've talked to a bunch of them and they're like, look, we build a lot of our stuff on open source. Why? Because the cost of getting the resources cheaper than it was before and they can do anything they want with it rather than waiting for, you know, a vendor's 18 month cycle or whatever. So there's money to be made. It's just not in the same way that it was yeah. before. And I think the problem is a lot of times, you know, if I'm like a VC, you know, in, you know, we're going to actually, it's cool. Some of our new guests are actually going to be VCs. They're going to explain this to us. Um, their expectation is like, there's a, there's an end state. There's a payout. Well, like Google who, you know, has talked openly about the fact that they run a ton of stuff on Docker. They're not going to buy Docker. Why would they? Right. They already know exactly. how to run it. They already have the code. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> so, you know, you look at stuff like that and you go, well, that's not a payday for somebody. You know, the vendors tend to be the guys that have the money. And at 400 million or 500 million or 600 million or whatever Docker is, now you're talking about half the revenue that Red Hat takes in in a year. Like, I don't know yeah. how many of those they can buy, you know? So it, it's an interesting, I don't know that people understand what the business model is. I don't want to call it a bubble. No, but I, no, but I think, I think, but I think it's a shift. It's a, it's shift. a shift, yeah. Um, and it is a shift and I, and I don't think, I think everyone's just starting to understand it. And for now, the only way they know to put valuations and all these other things on is to do it the old way. Um, and it, that may or may not be valid, right? It may be completely using the wrong set of metrics uh, it, for companies like this. Yeah, yeah. It, it, there may need to be a shift um, in how you value them. There may be a shift in how VCs invest. I mean, this may be the beginning of, of you know, something very, very new. Um, not just, you know, of course, open source isn't new, but it's a new way of, of really making a lot of well, money it, off of it, open it, source. It, well, and it makes you wonder if, um, and uh, as we talked with one of our uh, soon-to-be special guests, they look at something like Docker in about five or six different vectors, right? So you start to wonder like, okay, a bunch of money got put into, vec into Docker, but $40 million in the VC world isn't a lot of money. And are they doing that to sort of prop up the brand of Docker against a VMware or something? And then behind the scenes, you're gonna see them sprinkling a lot of money in other places because they're trying to make the rest of that supply chain grow faster. But, but if the brand of Docker doesn't look really promising, the rest of that stuff can't grow. Yep. So Agreed. that'll be an interesting thing to sort of explore. We'll have to ask some folks about that. Agreed. So next topic. Yes. I mean, I think we can honestly call this next topic like infrastructure as code. Um, 
going forward? Um, I mean, really, do we know anyone that isn't trying to figure out the next set of trends and, and that all, quite frankly, all being software related, you know, software defined, software development, automation, you know, how does that impact our industry for the next couple of years? I, I don't know anybody that I'd want to hang out with that isn't, uh, <laughs> no, I, that's mean. No, um, no I, I think I, I think I think in some way, shape, or form, yeah. Um, and we've had some some of those folks on that you know are, are exploring it. I mean, you know, we we had guys like uh, Jason Edelman who, you know, even two months ago was happily and gamely employed by uh, you know a nice size channel uh, company, you know, VAR, and basically decided I'm going off on my own, right? And so he's one example of somebody who. Uh, basically said, like, I think there's enough of a market to go off and do these things on my own. I've gotten smart enough. And, you know, to put it in perspective, like we had Jason on a year ago and he was like, man, I am just cobbling my way through crap. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And a year later of spending a bunch of cycles on this and spending his own time and like he's off going to go off and start some sort of company or venture to do this. And right. I think between those people who are probably a little bit on the edge and everybody and their brother trying to figure out software to find networking or software defined storage or, you know, like you said, software defined infrastructure or trying to figure out like, how do you do automation? You know, do I do Ansible? Do I do Puppet and Chef? I, I think, <laughs> I think, I think, I don't think there's any turning back on this stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, whether we, whether anybody figures it out, we'll see. Um, obviously some people have figured it out really well. And, and, and then there's this mass of people that are trying but I don't. I think we've we've reached that tipping point. Like the the slope is going to a point. You're not getting back up that hill. Yep. Um, agreed. Agreed. So, um, so I, I guess the question becomes, um, and this this is the question that everybody then asks is like, what do you do for the next X number? Like if somebody were to come up to you and say like, okay, there's all these things, software to find this and software development that and automation, what what would you give people as guidance? For like the next twelve months, yeah. In any time cycle, that's the question yeah, everyone's asking. True. Is they're like some ask for twelve months and some ask for like five or ten years. Yeah. So, I look at it this way. Um, just to, in our industry, a lot of the skills are transferable. Um, yeah, that you know. Oh, I'm gonna. A lot of people worry about it. it's like. Oh, I need to dig deep in you know this tech, whether it's Docker or Ansible or you know any of these others, right? And at the end of the day, yeah, sure, there is some technology-specific areas that you need to know about. But but it's really honestly for me about building a portfolio of transferable skills of you can go, oh, that concept is kind of like this concept and uh, that you know workflow is kind of like this workflow. Like it, Basically what I'm trying to say is don't get stressed or wrapped around the axle around like the products. Just pick some areas that you're interested in and go dive in as, as deep as you can and, you know, in our all of our infinite amounts of free time here and to develop those transferable skills and to stay on that cutting edge. Because I, I do firmly believe that, that things are moving faster and faster and everything is transferable at the end of the day. That's probably my biggest thing is just keep at it. Um, and really honestly, whatever interests everybody out there. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I think it kind of goes back to the thing we've said is like, learn how to learn new stuff. Right. And, and, and force yourself to, um, 
you know, kind of probably get into sort of perpetual learning mode. That's the, right. that's the trick is you, you, it's the stuff's going to change. I I'm arguing two times as fast as it used to. So, you know, 10 years used is now five years. Yeah. And um, well, yeah, you look at it this way, you know, how much of my job that I do on a day to day basis is something I was doing, I don't know, four or five years ago, none. Like literally I was talking to my wife about this the other day because she was just like, eh, you know, in 10 years, real estate is real estate. Yeah, some laws change here and there. But at the end of the day, like her job is all, kind of always the same, right? But my job is literally a new job every five years. Yeah. And, and you know, so you have to constantly be in that cycle. And, and really, really aging myself here for a second. But, you know, way back when, when I was actually a computer science major, by the time, you know, I was junior, senior year, you would just start taking classes on on new languages, and again, everything was transferable. Yeah, the you know it was an object oriented versus this versus that, you know, but it didn't matter. You knew enough of a base that you could pick up any language in a week or so and go program in it. And you need to get to that spot in our industry where you, you know you're you're kind of uh, everything. You're on top of everything, and you're you're learning as much as you can. Because unfortunately, yeah, probably in five years, all your skills are going to be crap. <laughs> no, I, it I shouldn't even, be that. Even shouldn't be that bad. But yeah, I mean, they'll be you know they'll be mediocre. You'll be, you'll be selling them on Craigslist. Um, <laughs> but no, but but I mean, even if you think about it, like think about this this sort of simple paradigm. Like, there's tons of people, and crap, I hate to keep going back to infrastructure, but it's an easy analogy. There's tons of people who understand if you go, those are servers, and that's a storage thing. I know how to size them. Right, like I could. Somebody said I want to do this much stuff. I know how to size them. Even if, even if you say, look, I'm kind of an infrastructure guy. I kind of want to live in that space. As soon as you start going, no, 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 those things are mashed together, and they're going to share disks and CPU and RAM, like you didn't before. All of a sudden, it's like you, you're going to have to learn that real quick because this convergy stuff is going to happen very fast, right? So if you're a SAN guy slash server guy. Like and all of a sudden the boxes are all the same boxes and you go, how many of those thingies inside that process bits or store bits or move bits are dedicated to this function or that function or how are they mashed together? And even just being good at that, um, which is a low level thing, will be very important. <laughs> it will become yeah. very valuable to people. So, you know, as people are thinking about this stuff, like it doesn't have to be you know, the old, uh, well, well, you were a uh, sand guy and now you have to become a uh, Python programmer overnight. Like, don't, you don't have to go that far, but th there will be some pretty big changes coming. Um, but they'll come in chunks. Yep, without a doubt. All right, man. Uh, whenever we do these shows, um, we always make predictions that are sure to go wrong. Um, <laughs> I can't remember what we, pre we should go back and look at our old predictions yeah, from like that's December. Yeah, I don't um, even remember what we predicted. I don't either. That's that's why they're always such good predictions because we don't remember them. Any uh, any predictions you you expect in the next say twelve months or so? Um, uh, Docker is going to hit the trough of disillusionment. That one's a pretty easy prediction, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> I think it, I think the the Docker bubble it, it won't go away, but it's going to burst. It, it is going to be the typical oh this is this and this is that and you I know really, I really wish gambling was legal and we could run a game because wouldn't it be fun to do like you know the over under on the date for when somebody posts a how to run Oracle Rack in Docker white paper. <laughs> You know, like that right, would be kind right. of fun, and yeah. we, could, we could skim something off the top of that. So, yep. if anybody knows anything about offshore gambling, let us know. We might be interested in that. 
All right, um, so that was my first one. What's what's one for you? Um, I think uh, I, I I think at least one of those companies, and maybe it's a rack space, or or maybe it's one of these really large ones. I think doesn't exist twelve months from now. And I'm not necessarily saying rack space. You you and I have had our list of ones. I don't want to say any of them because people will say I'm a homer because of what my regular job is. But I think um, within the next twelve months there will be a, a very, very large company that, you know, has like their own event and is, a, you know, very big that's, that won't exist. And whether that goes to private equity and doesn't exist anymore in that state or whatever, I, like I, 2015 is going to be a year where the push of the, the big public clouds, uh, because there's now three of them that are very legitimate. Um, and as much money as the Cisco's Oracle's EMC's, you know, of the world are holding, um, you, they're not going to sit on the sidelines a whole lot longer. So yep. I think I think we'll see some very very large sort of fireworks in 2015. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, are we done or are we yeah, wrapping this thing I up? I don't think we we're tried. probably we're we didn't probably try very hard in, in making projections. So no, we should have thought about it a little more. Maybe yeah, maybe we'll make we'll <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll we'll hit up some of our guests for that stuff. So uh, yeah, I think we're I think we're done for the week. I think we're out of time. Um, you know, the thing we, like we said to everybody, uh, give us feedback. Uh, we, we actually love that we're starting to get feedback, um, good, bad, or indifferent. And uh, hopefully folks like where the show's kind of going. I know we're having fun with it. We're learning a lot of stuff. So, you know, if, if other folks don't like it, we might just have to say tough. But uh, right. we're, we're having fun with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I'll take us out here. Um, okay. So for I'm going to change the, the script just slightly this week and just kind of say, hey, um, we don't get enough emails. So it's show at the cloudcast.net. Um, so please, like we said, we're, we're soliciting a lot of feedback this week. Please send us some feedback. You like the show. Um, if you're, uh, if you like the show, please put a review up on iTunes too. I think we had a bunch and then it stopped for a while. So, so certainly if you like the show, um, you know, take a second to go out on iTunes and, and, Give us five stars, please. Um, and, of course, you can follow us on Twitter at thecloudcastnet or on the web at thecloudcast.net where you can find links to everything Cloudcast, including our YouTube channel, which we probably need to get on that again sometime we soon. Do, it's yeah, been, we do need to get on that. Has it been, it's probably been like a year since we've done videos. We probably need to. I know. Well, we don't, we don't have a building anymore. Neither of us work in a building, so it's hard for us to do videos. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, so we'll get to that. And uh, you know, hopefully somewhere in the next six months I get to see you live since we never hang out. Um, I think we I think we have some gymnastics stuff coming, so we might be doing dad gymnastics stuff and hanging. Oh out. yeah 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 so I think we do too. We'll, we have apo- to look. We'll, we'll apologize to folks if we mix some of that stuff in. Uh, <laughs> anyways, folks, thanks for listening. Thanks for here's the the state of the show and uh, Aaron. Uh, have a good weekend. Absolutely. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening. Are you still listening? The show is over. Go back to your regular life. It's much more interesting than the podcast. I promise it is.